Fantastic. Well, good morning, everyone, and thanks again so much. Thanks, Rose, for uh, welcoming us back. Anna and I have actually just come back from a couple of weeks' leave, and the leave was a little bit strange, but uh, it was uh, a a really restful time, which was fantastic. And it was great to uh, see everybody uh, uh, this time last week as well. So thanks for joining in. I want to talk about today, I feel that God has really laid something upon my heart and I just want to, I just want to share this with you and, and I'm sure that uh, there are a whole stack of emotions that people are feeling and have felt over the past several weeks and uh, it is just a, an extraordinary season that we are living in. I just want to start off by firstly saying this, this too will pass, we will get through this and uh, I just want to encourage you because in these moments and in these times, uh, we can uh, tend to feel very nervous and, uh, and and quite concerned about what does the future actually hold. And yet, I just want to uh, reiterate to you: this will pass. There will come a time that we will look back at this and uh, go, "Wow, what a time to be alive!" Um, <clears throat> I want to I want to talk about a phrase that is continuously repeated at the moment. And and I know that we've said it, I know that I've said it, um, but I have really felt to adjust uh, my language in this season and I would encourage you to adjust your language in this as well. We hear this phrase, uncertain times at the moment. And to me, uh, to me it breeds this sense of, Yes, in essence, we are in uncertain times. We don't know what things are going to be like um, a month from today. Uh, gosh, with every national cabinet meeting and every change in, in rules and regulations and guidelines, we don't know what is going to be happening from a daily basis. But, friends, I, I want to ask you to, to, to keep what is certain at the top of your mind? What are you absolutely certain about? What are you absolutely sure about? Because this is such an encouragement for us to be able to focus on the things that we absolutely know. You see, some of the things that we absolutely know is, well, we love our family. Uh, Some of the things we absolutely know is that, wow, what an amazing nation for us to be born into or us to have been able to migrate to. Uh, What an amazing nation the nation of Australia is. What an amazing government that is in place at the moment. And as, as we see remarkable unity, really, from what we can see, remarkable unity between the different, (coughs) um, uh, uh, different realms of government. Um, we live in this nation, Australia, that cares for its people uh, and values human life. And some of these things we can be absolutely certain about. I'm amazed how community-focused people have gathered together to uh, resource people that have been less fortunate. 
I am amazed continually how uh, everybody in the life of this church has been able to be so supportive, whether it's whether it's uh, physical distancing uh, or whether it's uh, keeping in touch online, uh, whether it's emails, whether it's messages, FaceTime. I, I just I, I think we've probably had more contact with one another than what we had before uh, this pandemic. So. It's an extraordinary season that we live in. And there are absolute things in God that we can be certain about. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. We've been on a series about uh, having the ultimate life. And man, what a time to be alive at the moment. And nobody, I didn't think that when we uh, uh, came up with this theme and we, we felt to go down this path, um, I didn't think that the ultimate life would be challenged by a worldwide <laughs> pandemic. But uh, the ultimate life is uh, a God-given life. You have life because God has given it to you. And some of us have experienced various different lives, various different experiences. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Some of it may not be good even at the moment. But I want to tell you this. God has given you life for a purpose, has given you life for a reason. And this is what we're going to talk through today. So I want to say this. I don't want to use the word uncertain, the phrase uncertain times anymore. Because I know that there are things that are absolutely certain. I don't want to use the word uh, uh, that we don't know what's going to happen. I want to focus on what we absolutely do know. And I I want you to know that God loves you. Jesus loves you. You can be absolutely certain of that. And there are certain promises attached to that. You see, the word uncertain or uncertainty, it looks like something. Uncertainty actually looks like something. Love looks like something too. But what does uncertainty look like? Uncertainty looks like worry, fear, uh, concern, uh, and, and that plays out. It, you know, I, I had an experience while we were on holiday of a couple of nights where I lost hours and hours of sleep. I may have only been able to get two or three hours of sleep simply because I was thinking through, well, w- what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if a member of my family gets ill? And, and, and what am I going to do then? And what do I have to do then? What do I ha- who do I have to be as a father? See, all of this worry and fear, Some of it can be very constructive. Some of it can actually prepare you for uh, things that may come. But friends, we can't live in uncertainty. We cannot live in worry, fear, and concern. It might be for a moment. I love what the Bible says that, uh, you know, uh, darkness and fear comes for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And, and, and that is what we get to look forward to. That's why I started off by saying, you know, we can be absolutely sure that uh, we will get through this. And at the other end, the world might look a bit different, but we can be absolutely sure that we are going to be okay. You are going to be okay. What we must understand is uncertainty is a time 
for great personal initiative. It's a time for great mental strength. And it is also a time for spiritual direction. And so if we were to take these three things and start to apply them into our life, we would understand that personal personal initiative says things like, follow the guidelines that the government has laid out. Follow the guidelines that our national leaders are, are pointing out. Um, it also says this, engage yourself in something constructive. Anna and I, we've got Shyla and Josh sitting at home. And... Um, you know, it was about maybe seven days into uh, our, uh, you know, uh, our isolation and and uh, and and uh, staying at home, and and we were at that point, and and uh, you know, Shyla, uh, you know, didn't look all that happy, and I thought, man, she must be missing all of her friends, and she must be uh, missing. And, and I, I've got to admit, I've missed seeing all of your faces and, and the interaction between the, the netball clubs and the, and the high school and the primary school that our kids are at and, and that social interaction. I've, I'm missing that and I can see that so many pe- other people are experiencing that as well. But friends, uncertainty is this time of personal initiative. You see, it takes nothing to pick up the phone. And call somebody. It, it, it takes nothing to uh, to FaceTime somebody that you can have a face to face conversation. It takes nothing to write a, a letter or an email. It takes nothing to pick up that book that you've been meaning to read for years and allow God to talk to you through that book or whatever that book subject might be. Friends, this is an amazing opportunity. I was talking to somebody the other day and, and they said that, uh, you know, we're going to look back at these times and, and our kids are going to say, yeah, I remember the COVID-19 thing. I remember it. I remember it. Uh, and it was when mum and dad spent a lot more time with me. It, it, it was when I was able to get more quality time with, uh, with, with my dad making models or, or uh, with mum uh, I don't know, cooking something or even with dads cooking something if they're allowed in the kitchen. Um, but but uh, so that personal initiative, I just want to encourage you in that. Uh, the other thing is mental strength. Mental strength is all about what do you think about the most? Don't allow negative things to occupy real estate in your brain. And we can get very good at focusing on those negative aspects. I don't know about you, but I can get very good about focusing on negative aspects. But, uh, but that mental strength is being able to recognize what's taking up the most space in your head. And you know what? You can control that. You can control that. I love what it says, uh, what Paul says in the Bible And he says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love that language. We demolish arguments and every pretension. And I know that pretension actually means a claim against something. But if you take those two words, pre and tension. It's like the tension that comes before the tension. It's the 
pretension. It is, it's like those, those, that phrase, I've got a bone to pick with you. You don't even know what the bone is and you're already feeling anxious about it. I've got a bone. I've got something to talk to you. I remember my mum used to go like this. And I was already nervous. I didn't even know what it was about. And it was like that pretension, that claim against something. I want to tell you that fear creates a pretension, a claim upon your thoughts. Anxiety, uncertainty, it, 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 it states a claim against what occupies your mind. And guess what? Almost every fear that you have is real. It can have a very, very good reason. But friends, we cannot live in that moment. We cannot live with that. It destroys us. So I love it. what it says in the scripture here. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Friends, what knowledge you have of God, no matter where, where it starts, I want to tell you, tell you this. It starts right here that God loves you, that Jesus loves you. And everything else that tries to create an argument against that, that is uncertainty. And friends, we can be certain about that statement that Jesus loves me. God loves me. I, am, I have been created with a purpose. I have been created with a plan. So the battleground really is in our thoughts and in our minds. They start with, what if? Have you ever found yourself asking that question? What if? What if? How many what ifs have actually come to pass? Very few of them. Very, very few of them. Or they can start with this, I'm ugly. Or I'm bad. Or I'm rubbish. Or whatever. Whatever those negative things might be. Friends, I just want to say that they are claims, that's the pretension against you, and that voice is not God's voice. Friends, listen to God's voice. Listen to what he would say, that he says, I've created you with a purpose, and I love you. So that's, that's that essence of spiritual direction. And so I want to encourage you, develop intentional things that feed your spirit. Listen to the right music. Read the Bible and actually do what it says. Help others by encouraging them in what they are doing and the direction that they are going. Because God has each of us in a different path, unique to each and every single person. Not everybody's path looks the same. If you've got your Bible with you, just turn to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 4, and we're going to finish with just a couple of these, these scriptures. I, I want to say to you, God is not caught off guard. And I, and I know we've said that a few times over the last few weeks, but you know this virus thing has not caught God off guard. He's not surprised by it. He didn't wake up one morning and go, Boy, what has happened to the world? Oh, my goodness. He, 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 in some of us, I don't know about you, but in my mind I can say, well, God, if you knew it was coming, why didn't you do something about it? But I want to just highlight some things of God's character and what he aims to do in your life through the various experiences, both 
good, bad, positive and negative, through those experiences of what he will actually do in your life. So we read about it in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 4. It says this, this is what the word, uh, we're going to go from verse 1. This is, what, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you a message. So we have to understand, Jeremiah was looking for a word from God. He was saying, what the heck is going on in my nation? What the heck is going on in my world? And God said to him, look, you need to go down to the potter's house. Now, back in those days, a potter was extremely, extremely a valuable uh, uh, commodity, a valuable person in the community, in the city, in the, in the village. Because if you can't make good bowls that hold your food, you struggle to eat, right? Um, but, you know, that potter, to make good pottery was absolutely vital for uh, the storing of food, the... the um, uh, the preserving of food, the keeping pests out of the food, um, eating from it, all, all of those different aspects of what pottery uh, does. And he said this, So I went down to the potter's house, well done, Jeremiah, you're obedient to God, and I saw him working at the wheel. So obviously um, uh, here is a time where Jeremiah went down, he could see the potter sitting down working at the wheel as the wheel was spinning around and, and there was a, a lump of clay on there. And, uh, but the, and it says here in verse 4, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another, into another pot, shaping it as best it seems seemed best to him. Sometimes we can feel like we're being reshaped. This season is a reshaping. Sometimes we can feel marred. In other words, um, not able to be shaped into what we thought or what we had in mind. And yet, we have a creator, and a loving God that longs to shape us into who he created us to be. And when we find that, when we find that place of that beautiful shape of what he has created us to be, in that beautiful spot, in that beautiful moment, then we find that place where we feel content, we feel loved, and we give him permission to say, yes, shape me into whatever you desire, whatever you want. And so this passage tells me a few things, and I hope it speaks to you as well. The potter, in this illustration, is God, has great intention to make something really great. Back in garden, the Garden of Eden, things were really, really great. But then sin entered the world and things were not so great. But God hasn't given up on you yet. God has never planned your destruction, your demise, and he has never ever planned this virus. This is not the doing of him. God gave mankind the authority over the earth and man is to steward the earth well. Perhaps... This virus is a result of poor stewardship. 
as we look at this illustration even further, he learns that the potter sometimes rejected some of the pots, perhaps because of his own doing. But we know that God is perfect. Perhaps it could be of the poor quality of the clay. And I'm not saying you're poor clay or I know sometimes I can act like poor clay. But you see, we have to understand that God is sovereign over his people. What the potter makes depends on the quality of the clay and how we respond to his shaping. As he pushes us in one area, we can go, ouch, don't do that. And we can push back or, or, or he can challenge us in a particular area of gaining control over our thoughts. And we say, no, I like to indulge in those thoughts because it, it, it gives me purpose or whatever it might be. We have to understand that the clay can frustrate the potter's intention and therefore make the potter alter the vessel. As the quality of the clay limits what the potter can do with it, so the quality of a people limits what God will do with them. So friends, during this time, I I, want to highlight this to you. You might want to say this prayer and just simply say, God, help me be shaped by your hand into the perfect pot, the perfect life, the perfect shape that you have planned for me. I don't want to be marred in your hands. I want to be shaped by your hands. See, this word marred in chapter 18, verse 4, represents the same Hebrew word used of a linen sash in 13.7. I'd encourage you to look that up in Jeremiah 13.7, where it it is translated as ruined. That word marred is ruined. The clay was not suitable for the potter's design. But then it uses these words, as it seemed good to the potter, he could make something else from the clay, but not the originally intended vessel. Friends, sometimes in our life we can feel less than what we really are. We can feel marred or ruined, but the potter has never finished with you. He restores ruined lives. He restores you to life, health, and the ultimate life with him. Our lives were designed for peace, identity, love, and to experience love. Social, emotional, spiritual, and physical connection. This is why we've been exploring as a church the theme of come walk with me. Because it is is an invitation that we can give to others. And it is an invitation that Jesus gives to you. And so friends, I want to highlight Romans chapter 1. I'm just going to read it and then we're going to end up. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite uh, Sam and Anna to come and sing an item. Romans 1 says this, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Verse 17, For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. 
Friends, this season is a challenge to our faith. This season is a challenge for us to be shaped by God and to be established by faith in his word. The gospel is the information that I've shared with you today. You may not have heard it before, or you may have heard it before and you can categorically disagree based on your own experience. Friends, that doesn't change the truth. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He is a good potter that if you would allow him to shape you, he will help you live the ultimate life, which extends to the invitation of saying, hey, come walk with me. I'm going to pray, and uh, I hope you can join with me as well. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are an amazing potter. (laughs) You shape us. You help us. You walk beside us. Jesus, uh, you said that you would never leave us, and you would never forsake us. Thank you that we get to walk this season with you. Thank you that we have the opportunity to choose you. And so for everyone who is listening uh, and, and watching this live stream right now, I just ask, Lord, that you would be with them, that you would reveal yourself to them. And Lord, that they would hear the invitation to believe and trust in you. Lord, keep everyone safe. Keep everyone growing. And Lord, we know that you will provide a way every time. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. And thank you, Lord, for your leading through this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for listening. It warms my heart to know that you're out there uh, listening and that uh, you would actually take the time to, uh, to watch and listen and allow God to speak into your life. Well, Anna and Sam are going to sing a song right now, and it's by Lauren Daigle, and it's called You Say. I hope you enjoy it, and we look forward to seeing you in the coming weeks. God bless you. Bye for now.